Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of the Artful Athlete podcast. And the last one of the Discovering Your Voice series. I hope you've enjoyed it thus far and that perhaps these have helped you see how layered the voice experience could be. It's not all scales and volume boosting or breath and posture, it's, it's much more. It's connection to what you're experiencing, who you're interacting with. It's receiving, digesting and sharing. It's flexible and flowy, but it's also strong and direct. And it gets shaped by your experience in life and in art. That's also why I've spent some time telling you about some more unpleasant parts of my own discovering journey with the accident, the burnout, the writing phobia. These have contributed to get me to find out more about my voice, who and what was lying underneath. And think of it this way. When you're trying to learn to speak louder, you work on volume, on understanding projection, on using the core to support and sustain the notes, the words you're voicing. What should you do in that case when you're trying to work on that? Well, you connect to the breath, you work with the breath to make sure it's traveling all the way down and bringing steadiness to the sound. Relaxing and opening the jaw, making the most of your enunciating and sound shaping toolkit to lift the sounds through the use of consonants. Working with your core so it can act as a support for the echo chamber you'll be using for your voice. More often than not, in that case, when you're trying to project more, we work on the chest voice because it's the chest voice that non-booming voice people need to get familiar with. So that's a rough outline of the type of stuff you'd be made to work on. And yet, I've seen and experienced firsthand that sometimes these aren't enough. That mechanical, that technical work is not enough. When there is a disconnect somewhere inside yourself, be it in relationship to your connection to emotions, how you think you're being perceived or made to believe you are received. This, well, this affects the way you express yourself and your vocal abilities. The way you're voicing, the way you're allowing the sound to express themselves. Let's not forget your thoughts and mindset are behind the intention of each of your words. No matter the format or medium you're using, you can be vocal in a non-traditionally associated with voice mean. You can be vocal in a painting, in a text, a script, even in your cooking, even in the way you do your hair and makeup. You're sending a message, letting a part of you communicate and be seen. You're presenting it to the world. Whether or not you're aware that you're doing it, that's a completely different story. It feels slightly cheesy, but I'm gonna use this musical reference, image, comparison, influence, whatever you want to call it anyway. Do you know Walk by the Foo Fighters? It's a pretty good song and it has satisfying guitar moments. When you're trying to find your voice, when, when you've reached a point where you can't see a way forward, whether or not you really know how you got to that stage in the first place, it feels like, and cue the musical quote, but it feels like you're learning to walk again. Maybe you have a deep sense that you're meant to be heading somewhere new, 
that you're meant to create more, to connect and reconnect to certain people in your life, to be you in a way, to learn to be you. But somehow everything around you seems foggy, foreign, unknown. You feel like you don't have the means to go on, that you're trapped in something that you can't quite see. Now, you could blame it on an outside circumstance, because sometimes that is the case, but it's not always the answer. And so, what do you do to overcome that? What do you do to carry on? Back to the musical quote. You learn to walk again. You revisit memories and hobbies, locations, I don't know, artifacts, games, narrations, woodlands? Why not? Yeah, woodlands. Go back to a forest you've been to years ago. Passions and dislikes? Is everything still as you remembered? Do you still love and connect to... I don't know, terrible example for me, but knitting? I say terrible example, it's also a very random example because I'm terrible at knitting. But anyway, sidetrack. Do you still love that thing you're doing the same way that you did before? And if not, what does that mean? What are you meant to be doing? So this is what I did to reconnect to a love of mine, reading. I've mentioned this uh, need to reconnect and heal my relationship to reading in episode 20. Yes, because it was the one about Circe. It's called Miller's Circe and Coming to Your Voice. But when I was preparing this episode, that part of my, shall I call it, voice evolution popped up again, meaning it probably needs sharing. If something comes back at some point, it probably means you're meant to do some work on it. So here we go. Story time. At the age of 19, second year of university, I spent five months having to wear sunglasses 24-7. I couldn't stand light, be it daylight or computer, electric light. Reading would give me migraines to the point of nausea. It wasn't the first time something had gone awry with my eyes. I went temporarily blind at the age of 13 and had experienced inflammation of the optical nerve a couple of other times. But these five months were something else. I was studying linguistics, phonology, language, literature, and French and German. And, you know, it's a type of studies that requires a lot of reading and looking at printed stuff and written stuff and write yourself. And yet, attempting to read a book or a printed document would just cripple me. I turned back to audiobooks as much as I could and I relied on the notes of my friends in order to not miss out on this part of my degree. The eyes were bad and arthritis and asthma went through the roof at that time. I eventually received uh, sunglasses that had been designed by NASA uh, that I had to wear 24-7 which would block 100% of UV light, meaning you see your life in yellow, and I was on painkillers and medication, and this is all I had. It took five months to understand that it was a combination of both eyes compensating each other, allergies, inflammation and blood circulation mysteries that was causing for my body to shut down like this. Honestly, I jumped up and down when I finally got my glasses, glasses that could help, and I was finally able to get rid of the 24-7 sunglasses. Seeing your life in yellow is great fun, but th there's just a limit to how much yellow I could cope with. And so during this time and after, once I'd been given the glasses, I went to see someone called an autoptist. Think of it as a physio, but for the eyes. And as well as following the eye gymnastics work and the planting of needles inside of beads I had to do, 
I also had to learn how to read again. The mechanical aspects of it, because I still knew how. You know, your brain doesn't forget what an A, a B, a P, a C are, but I just needed to learn how to do it, how to do the reading thing, without making myself sick. I will say that once again it was quite a humbling experience. Before this I situation, on top of all I had to read for school, which was a lot, I was a bookworm. I could read multiple books a week, no matter how small they were printed. I ate everything up. But then this whole partial blindness thing and reading makes my eyes ache and feel physically sick, I could throw up, happened, and something changed. Even after retraining my eyes how to do the reading thing, books and articles felt heavy on the mind and on the heart. I'd get exhausted after reading a few paragraphs and would often quit, read diagonally, which is not what I was meant to be doing anyway, or rely on notes from other people. Fun fact, I almost never or very rarely had that issue with scripts, plays and most comic books I owned. At the time, the autoptist concluded that because of the way these were traditionally printed, my eyes could focus on the lettering rather than the page behind the lettering. Because that's what my eyes were doing, focusing on the white space in between the words, on the space inside the O's and P's, which is not what your eye is meant to be doing when you're reading, you know? I sometimes wonder if it was just really the mechanical thing or something else. And I wondered that back then already. I had wonderfully deep conversations with my autoptist. And what she allowed me to see in the midst of all this was also how much my mind was interfering with my reading process. Basically, my eyes would be on, say, the fourth word of the fifth line in the page, but my head was already three sentences below, ready for more and feeling slowed down by the mechanical side of reading. You know, the eye following at the pace that it needs to do. My head and my mind just were going a lot faster, too fast for them. And so here we went to teach me how to read again. And I followed lines and sentences with rulers, words with my fingers, I would hide parts of the text I was reading. I also had to work out my focal distance, which is the space you need between your eyes and the object you're reading for your eyes to be able to read without doing extra work. And working with all of that, I learned to read again not putting wheels on where I first needed shoes. The way some books are printed still affect my sight today, and reading still feels heavy at times, but I've been working on healing that. Audiobooks have been a great support and something I've always loved since I was a child. One of my dreams is to one day record an audiobook. And in that healing process, I'm really happy to have joined my friend's book club in 2020. I dominantly still use audiobooks because it means I get to finish reading faster. But I have also recently joined another book club, which I'm sure I'll get to talk to you about very soon. And I want some of my 2021 to be dedicated to reconciling with the physical act of reading. I didn't used to think much about this whole experience until recently when a friend invited me to think about ways I've fueled and explored my own voice. In the way you see voice, Sigur, and voice isn't just a sound. It's everything that comes out of who you are in expression. So what did this feed, you know, reading and losing reading? And so two things. 
Number one, I'm extremely lucky to have a friend like this. Number two, it then ticked for me that when I was younger, I would fuel my imagination, the visions I had for my life, the way I performed, with the texts and books and articles I read. These also, therefore, fueled my writing. You start trying to imitate some of your favourite writers, and then eventually and gradually you grow into your own style, your own dialogues and narration, your own voice. It fueled my creation. Exploring your voice, your vocal ability, ultimately goes beyond the mechanical action involved in sound making. Yes, it's a story of vibration and air travelling through your body, your belly, your chest, back, throat and mouth, but it is also deeply connected and affected by how your mind works, by the challenges you experience in life and by the food you provide your head with. To me, reading was one of the practices that shaped my mind and heart. As these form two of the pillars of the voice, I see now why this story wanted to come up today. But what about you? Which practice do you feel fuel your voice? Do you feel exploring your voice involves going beyond the mechanics of voicing, of sound making? I suppose what I'm asking is, what does your voice mean to you? And what could voicing up involve in your practice? And thus ends our Discovering Your Voice series. These were very personal and different to previous episodes, I feel, but I'm happy I did them. The past couple of weeks sharing this adventure with you on here and on the blog and receiving your messages and feedback has been a wonderful experience, and I'm sure we'll get on a similar adventure soon. Don't forget that on Tuesday you can catch my breathwork over at thelodge.space on Instagram. Everything is saved on their IGTV, so you can even catch up on the previous weeks I've done. But let me know if these short breath guidances would be something you'd like to see more of on my Instagram and also what you would like help with. Meanwhile, have a wonderful week and uh, yes, I'll speak to you soon. 